Hallelujah. Thank you, my son, for the water. Thank you for the the lecker. Lecker introduction. Don't try to speak Afrikaans too often. Um, because what I'm hearing happening already um, is what really happens in a big time way when I speak Afrikaans. <laughs> because I'm going to desecrate the, the, prime, the prime language uh, in the Southern Cape in a big way. So, uh, did you know, a lot of people don't know this, that 8% of the Southern Cape population, their home language is English. You didn't know that, did you? That's their home language, 8, 8% of the Southern Cape. And um, the rest of it, on the most part, is pretty evenly divided between Afrikaans and um, Osa. An American when they when they see that that name Hosa they they come out and say ex Hosa <laughs> Oh oh man oh man that is really bad that's really bad Um whom the Son sets free I feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to say this whom the Son sets free is free Indeed. How many are free here tonight? That means we need some good preaching. <laughs> Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And uh, there's some people that are free, but some of us still need some freedom. We need to get freed up. There's, I, I didn't get raised in the fire to go down in the smoke. I want that fire to be there from the beginning of my life to the end of my life. Don't want any fire to be diminished whatsoever. I want the fire of God's love to be part of my soul right the way through to the last day of my life. I want to see that happen. And that can only come when the soul is set free, when there is the freedom from all the bondages of this life. And sometimes, can I tell you something about bondage? There are some things that you and I wrestle with that we don't talk with anybody about. We only talk to God about it. And sometimes, we'll get into this in a little bit, but sometimes we need to get a little bit further along in our thinking because sometimes it's very much a basic necessity of finding somebody that will bind with you that will be able to um, bear that burden alone. I'll never forget when... Um, there was a certain kind of a corruption factor that was working in my life about well over 30 years ago. 
And I can remember that there was a, there was something that was tainting my spirit and it needed to be set free. And it was precipitated by a seven-year-old boy, seven years old. I'm going to say this story tonight because it's going to deal with one of the things that I believe God is going to get rid of in some people's lives in this place tonight. This little guy walks up to me after a service that I was preaching. Way back in 1984, 1984, a seven-year-old boy, he was sitting on the front row, sorry, that, that direction, he was sitting on the front row, and this little guy was with this devoted, sunshiny face, and he had something about him that was so special and so real, and you could see Jesus meant something very powerful to him. And I'll never forget when I got finished with the message, this little guy walked up to me, and he said something to me. He said, you know, Pastor, I want to know why it is that you're communicating such anger from the pulpit. Seven years old. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, God has ordained strength. He picked up something in my spirit. He picked it up. And I had to stand there in front of a seven-year-old, and I had to weep before Almighty God because he knew there was something in his heart that knew what was going on. I'm adjuring by the living God. God wants to deal with anger in this place tonight. God wants to deal with anger. We're going to get nowhere in this life, if we don't get a hold of this anger that is creeping up, it's like a, a certain substance, and I can see it in the nation, and I can see it in many people's lives, I can see it coming forth in this, this anger. I could feel it this morning when I was trying to get my notes up on the computer so I could have something whereby I can stimulate my memory from time to time in the service today, and the computer wouldn't come on. And it dragged, and it dragged, and it dragged, and it dragged, and it wouldn't come up. I thought to myself, man, you know, what I felt welling up inside of me, there's something about anger. You can feel it. You know it's there. And I could feel it welling up inside of me, and all of a sudden, I could hear myself saying, Philip, you're going to be preaching on holiness, now stop it. <laughs> you're preaching on holiness, now get it out of there. <laughs> and I rebuked that spirit in a hurry, because I could have brought something, something of anger. But I didn't. This morning, we had a very, very liberating time. There was a lot of people that were touched mightily by the power of God, very quietly, I might say. It wasn't a very demonstrable kind of a thing. It wasn't out there and flashing in front of everybody, and wow, what, this was great. No, but it was very quiet, very tender, 
very beautiful, very deep. Talking about holiness, we've been on this theme. I've been keeping in touch, even though I've been in the United States of America. Just came back on Wednesday, still feeling the jet lag. After I left the service this morning, I didn't go for a 15-minute nap. I went for a two-hour nap. Oh, man. That was via fantastis. <laughs> Yo, that was great. It just felt so good to kind of get back there and just, ooh, deck out. This was, this was something else. But I want you to just, uh, if you got it in your Bible, Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 2, it's, it just says, the Bible says, Be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. That's all it says. Be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. That's Leviticus chapter 19. Can I tell you something about Leviticus? It was one of my favorite subjects when I was in Bible college. People say, Bill, but it's all about all these laws and little ins and outs and what have you. But let me tell you something. All that, all that stuff is so deep. But there's all these hidden meanings and these wonderful New Testament applications and great stuff that comes out from out of studying the book of Leviticus. And uh, yeah, with all the ceremonial stuff and how in the spirit God begins to deal with all these different things. So um, having said that, I wanted to read something um, from uh, Isaiah chapter 19, and it says in verse uh, 23, in that day there will be a highway from Egypt to Assyria. Now, just stop right there. There will be a highway. I want you to turn over to Isaiah chapter 35, and, um, and there it says in uh, verse 8, and a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. There's something that God's getting ready to do in the nations today. He's dealing with the corruption of mankind, and he's calling for a way of holiness. There's going to be a call for greater honesty, greater transparency, greater um, getting down to brass tacks with all the stuff greater accountability. God's getting ready to do all that in the nations, but he's getting ready to do it even greater across the board. Now, our intention here today is to do this. We want, I want you to get into a place where the word holiness doesn't make you antagonistic. But we want to replace it with a real affection for Holiness. Growing up, I'm going to get a little bit transparent with you this tonight, a bit more than I did this morning. Growing up, I was um, raised in a home where we had a mom and dad that really loved us big time. It's a marvelous thing to have that in our modern day and age, but mom and dad really, really loved us in a big way. And uh, 
And so we had the security, my four sisters and myself, we had the security of knowing that mom and dad had our backs and that they were always going to reach out and love. Now, that doesn't mean that they didn't have a sense of toughness about them. My dad was one of those kind of guys that he was a strong on discipline. He was raised in Germany, and he came to America in 1911 when my grandfather had a dream that Germany was getting ready for two generations of war. And, uh, and this was very prophetical, and my grandfather hauled all of the defreeses out of Germany, and they took off for the United States of America, all these guys became farmers in the Midwest of America. And they knew something about discipline, but man, they knew about rules and regulations as well. And let me tell you something. My dad had rules and he had regulations and he lived by them. Thank God he wasn't just a rules and regulation man. Thank God he was as tender as he was tough. Did you hear what I just said? It's a good thing to remember for some of you young guys that are anticipating getting married and having kids. It's good to be tough, but it's good to be tender. It's good to be both, to have it all in one. I was very aware growing up that, that there was also a thing about holiness, which my dad had about certain things in his life. My dad refused much to my dismay and my frustration, he refused to buy a television. I mean, in the 1950s and the 1960s, I mean, come on. Televisions were already around for 20 years by that time. Although here in South Africa, it only came in 1967. Sorry, 1976. Sorry about that. I know, because I was living here when it happened. <laughs> but man, my dad had a thing about television. Man, he says, I'm not going to bring that corrupting influence into my household. No way. But one day, my dear mother, underneath, behind the scenes, she, she found somebody had, um, had, was giving away a television, and she persuaded my dad to have a television and then a man walked in from Ohio to Illinois, to our house in Illinois, and he spoke up and he said, Fulker DeFries, why would you bring this corrupting influence into this house? And I said behind his back, I said, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> Don't you say anything more because I was so, but dad turned around and very, very wisely said, well, sir, he said, I don't watch the programs, I just watch the news. <laughs> Very wisely spoken. Well, everybody knows television can be very corrupting. Come on. That's why, beloved, God gives us the power of choice. Somewhere we've got to deal with our inability. We've got to start going after our inability to look at what is in front of us. Today, I give you life, and I give you a choice. 
It's either life or death. What's going to introduce death into my life? Well, watch enough television and you're going to get into it. And I speak as the father of a son who's a filmmaker. And he makes good movies. <laughs> a lot of good stuff. And, um, but tries to, in fact, he's got a great job. Uh, working with the United Nations from time to time. He highlights the plight of kids all around, the, all around the world. And the United Nations pays him to go and do all these films on their behalf to kind of highlight what it takes to get children into a place where they can be, be relieved in some way. Nice thing. It all started right here in the city of George, just in case you didn't know that. But that's what it was all about. All right. Now, there's one thing I want to share with you also, and I don't know, keep arguing with myself on this whole thing. That same man that came in and talked about the television had a son. And um, his name was Johnny. Johnny died in his 20s because everything his dad said not to do, he did it. Everything was a bunch of rules and regulations. Can I tell you something tonight? We're not going to talk about rules and regulations. We're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to talk about the liberation that comes from a life lived in adoration of Jesus. We're going to get into some points about this just so that you can get a clear understanding of what holiness is all about. I went to see Johnny just before he drunk himself into oblivion. Counted 26, 26 empty beer cans around his room. I counted that. There was also several bottles of whatever that he had also consumed. It was also mixing it with drugs and all kinds of other things that were going on at the same time. I just put my arms around Johnny. And I just said, Johnny, I want you to know I love you. Got a big, big tears in his eyes, but he couldn't, he couldn't reach out because it was a shell of the kid that I knew that I grew up with. I want you to know King Jesus wants to do something so powerful because there was an anger inside of Johnny. There was also this bondage in many different ways. There's all kinds of bondages we could get into if we make the choice to move in that direction. I want to go a little bit further because if we're going to do that which is holy, then we're going to need to draw reference to he who is holy because a holy God is also a loving God. You can't take the two away from each other. A holy God is a loving God. And he who is holy wants to reach out and tenderize each and every one of us in many, many distinct manners. You know, I'm going to bypass certain things, but let me tell you first of all, let's go over to the first point. Holiness, number one, from what I can gather, holiness is about Worshiping God. It's about worship. It's getting into worship before God. 
what were we doing in this place tonight? We were enjoying the music. We were enjoying getting, moving into a great time of adoration of who God is. How could we do that so effectively? Why? Because it's become a part of our lives on a day-by-day kind of a basis. It's there. It's become such the tenor of our existence that we're not just worshiping God, but we've become worshipers of God. Big difference. I can be in worship and I can be in adoration. I can ascribe worth unto the Lord and I can give thanks to him and I can stand in awe and respect of who he is. But the fact of the matter is, I need to become a worshiper. It needs to become the direct flow of a life that's lived in obedience to God and in love for what he is and who he is and everything that he does on our behalf. Man, let me tell you something. He is so powerful. There was a powerful thing God was doing in this place tonight. Can anybody attest to that? Can you attest to that, that there was something powerful and still is something powerful? The Holy Spirit wants to do something to once more to bring us out into a place where our natures are refined and our, and our faces begin to shine. <laughs> There's something about a person in surrender to God. You can't miss it. It's there. There was a lady from our home church back in Zion, Illinois, back in the 1930s. People would come from all over the world to listen to the wisdom that used to come from Martha Wing Robinson. And, um, but Martha, when she would walk out from, into, from out of her room and go into the streets of Zion, people would just have to turn their heads because she was shining with the glory of God. Shining with the glory of God. I had the honor of being in a service once on the platform with Catherine Kuhlman. Man, I kept my distance. That lady, there was something that was shining from head to foot. She stood up in the service that I was in and she said, Catherine Kuhlman died a long time ago. What you're looking at is Jesus has taken over. <laughs> I thought to myself, man, that's an amazing confession. She wasn't saying that she wasn't sinful. She was just saying that she was completely in love with Jesus. And something had taken a hold of that personality and had let her be filled with the shining presence of Almighty God. And I can attest to that. My dad got too close, and he ended up on the ground. (laughs) The glory of God was all around that beautiful lady. Well, holiness is about worship. It's because I stand in respect and of who God is, and not because I want to experience a lecker feeling of some kind. You know, it's, it's not about feelings. It's about a walk with God. Hallelujah. It's about being with him. It's about fellowship with Jesus. Fellowship divine. Oh, what blessed sweet communion. Jesus is a friend of mine. You know, Queen Elizabeth, when she celebrated her 90th birthday, how many years ago was that? 
not too many. They sang a song at her 90th birthday when she walked in, and there was, it was absolutely delightful what they sang. It says, Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Bow before him his glory proclaim with gold of obedience and incense of lowliness. Kneel and adore him, the Lord is his name. The gold of obedience and the incense of lowliness. That's worship. That's real worship. When you begin to recognize how high he is and how insignificant you are so that everything is Jesus who is all and in all that you bow before him. It's not just a physical thing of bowing before him. I've done that too on occasions when the Lord impresses me. Get down, Philip. Just go down. You need to go down. And sometimes it gets me right down on the ground and I have to cry out to God. But it's the whole attitude of life. Holiness is about worship. But here's another thing. Our relationships when it comes to holiness, determines our action. Kevin DeYoung comes from the Gospel Coalition, and he, he's talked about our desire to be cool instead of being correct. We, it's all right to be cool. But God wants something more. There's certain things that he says, hey, I need to see an attitude of repentance. Repentance is a prime necessity. You see, because our relationship to him, sometimes we get too caught up in ourselves and too much of our own self-attention and our own kind of thinking in life. God says, I want you to repent and kind of do a turnaround so that you can take more time to get into my presence and understand who I am. And uh, sometimes we also skirt issues when it comes to, when it comes to preaching. We don't like to talk about sexual immorality because people start squirming. We should. We should be squirming. If there's a problem with sexual immorality, we should start squirming. Because God wants to liberate us from sexual immorality. He wants to free us up. In this church, you're going to hear talk about people being set free from sexual sins. In this church, there's going to be liberation that is going to come about. There's going to be bondages that are broken when it comes to sexual bondages. And not only that, but there's also going to be people that are liberated from what we talked about a little bit earlier, which is anger. Because sometimes at the root of many people's lives, there is this angst that has come out, and it needs to be uprooted And only the authority and the power of God can make that become a reality. 
We believe in God's power. This gospel of the kingdom is the power of God unto deliverance. The Bible says that. Amen? Amen. I mean, it's the power of God that sets us free from all of these, these things that rage in our system. But nevertheless, the things that we still contend with and wrestle with, thank God you haven't given up. But you're asking God to bring you into place because holiness is not just about attaining something immediately, but oftentimes it's something that is a goal that we are working towards. And all these different areas that God begins to pinpoint is just his pathway of leading us into that place where we can start coming more and more into his presence, learning to love him come what may. Now, in a holy relationship, it's understood that we all have unhealed places and that healing is the purpose of our being with other people. <laughs> A lot of people can't get along with each other. That's why you never see them in church. That's why they don't like relationships. They don't get along with one another. But that's why we need to come together. There's a thing about forgiveness. Because forgiveness is such a divine interaction between God and man. And he wants us to start getting into that place where we begin to reach out. And look at those angry times that have been the result of different hurts that have come into our lives. And ask the Lord to give us the ability to forgive those that have set themselves up against us. All right, I'm going to give you three other points, and then we're going to finish. Holiness is about talking in the right manner as well. Can I tell you a story about a man? His name is Harlan Sanders. Anybody know the name Harlan Sanders? Colonel Harlan Sanders? Colonel the Colonel Harlan Sanders, Kentucky Fried Chicken, <laughs> finally we got it. Colonel Harlan Sanders went to church one Sunday and committed his life to Jesus Christ. Philip DeFries called him one day in the early part of my ministry, and I heard this guy in the background, yo, Oh, man, I said, who in the world is that in the background? The person on the phone said, that's the colonel. <laughs> that's the colonel. I said, wow, he's got a mouth and a half, this guy. <laughs> Can I tell you something about Harlan Sanders? He went to church every Sunday, committed his life to Jesus, but he had a problem with his tongue. One day he woke up. A couple of years after he committed his life to Jesus, woke up, and all that cussing and swearing and everything else were just out of his system once and forever. Holiness gets worked inside of us. And don't, don't judge people too quickly when you listen to the way they talk sometimes. Can I tell you that? After a long period of time, I want to say that. So holy speech is attractive because it's full of wisdom. You know, Nabal 
came out and came against David, who was going to be king, and just stood against him. And Abigail, his wife, came out and spoke to David and calmed him down because David was going to wipe out Nabal and his servants and everybody else. And eventually, that story ends up with Nabal dying and Abigail becoming the wife of David. She used the right speech. We need to understand that holiness has to do with our speech. And then, holiness is taking on Jesus' values, his attitudes, his character. Here's God's values. God's values are wrapped up in this, and Jesus' values are wrapped up in this word. God so loved the world. Mankind is valuable. Get it? God so loved the world. Jesus came because he loved the world. The Father sent Jesus because he loved the world. Attitudes, my life, Jesus said, is not my own. I lay down my life for the sheep. So my attitude in life, I must adopt is, I lay down my life. Don't like doing that. But sometimes it's important to do that. Thirdly, character is this. As Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane, let this cup pass from me nevertheless, not my will. I am going to press on through. That's my attitude. We're going to press in, we're going to press on, and we're going to go into what God wants in this day and age. Now it is time for us to establish Jesus' values, his attitudes, and his character. One final point. Holiness requires taking responsibility for your life and developing accountability structures. I remember when I left high school and I went to Bible college. We had a, in our room, we had six guys in one room. They said if you could endure Zion Bible Institute with all the people that were in your room with you, you would be able to make it in the ministry. We had six guys in one room. So you know what we did? We put up a list. All six of us had a sin list. Do you think I'm going to tell you what that sin list was? No way, Jose. It's not going to happen. But I tell you what, all of us, all of us had a sin list. We all checked out with each other to make sure that we were being honest with each other about our sin in our lives. Accountability. Accountability. You need somebody that you can get to that can keep you honest. I have a friend with the Garland, Harlem Globetrotters. He's got a guy that checks in with him every day. Hey, how you doing there, young man? making it? You're being honest? Are you keeping your pants on? Tells them that. Yeah, I mean, that's honesty. Are you doing all right? Are you making sure that nothing is coming after you? Yeah. I mean, it's all about holiness, folks. Taking responsibility. So let's get it. Let's get rid of the mindset that says, I can't do anything about the spirits of infirmity, this weakness that works in my system. Become part of a group where honesty is prevalent. I know of a group of businessmen, top businessmen in the city of Pittsburgh, which is where I was last Sunday. 
and a top group of businessmen together. They keep each other honest on a day-by-day, week-by-week kind of a basis. These are some of the top leaders in America. We need that kind of honesty in order to be strong in these days. Let's finish up. Holiness allows you to be who you are at the deepest level of your life because it comes from the heart. It helps you to be aligned with God's will and his original vision for you. The question must be asked. When God said, holy men of God spoke as they were moved upon by the Holy Spirit. How holy were these men? How holy were they? They were just like you and I. I look at Hebrews 11, a bunch of rogues sitting there. Can I tell you something, folks? Hope for everybody. And the church should be saying amen. Amen. There's hope for anybody. Look at that list in Hebrews chapter 11. (laughs) They live by faith. Where's your desire? Where's your desire today? You want to follow after the Lord? Yeah, I'm sure you do sure that's why you're here. You want to follow after him. Well, let's get it. Let's get to the altar and let's get it sorted out once and forever. Let's move in the right direction so that God can free us up so that we can become, like it was spoken a little bit earlier, about becoming out there as his evangelists wherever we can to be sharing the good news of Jesus and nothing will hold us back from getting on with heralding the coming of Jesus Christ in this day and age to a lost and a dying generation. I have the privilege of dealing with many kids on a day-by-day, week-by-week kind of a basis. And I thank God for the work that's being done in each and every one of their lives. That they're being shaped to go from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Thank God for every person that's been a part of that, even in this church, that have assisted to bring that liberation to the children of this community so that there can be hope and more abundant. Hallelujah for the cross. So let's just rejoice in the wonder of who God is. Let's get into worship. Let's get into adoration. Let's fear the Lord, not be afraid of him, but let's be in that place where we can just step forward into the new place that God wants for us, so we can be uh, his servants to obey, that we can uh, be in a, a, a pattern of life that reflects Jesus in a very magnanimous, just let him come and fill your heart to overflowing and get rid of whatever manifests itself, get it out of there. And let's just go on and press on the upper way, new heights, let's gain them every single day. Hallelujah. I'm finished. You can take over now, sir.